0: Everybody stop what you're doing, please!
1: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G.
0: Where's the hammer?
1: From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it. And Eric is here to guide the way.
0: Is it on the, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering.
1: All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio.
0: These are the wrong plans. These are the old plans. Oh. Welcome to Stop it.
1: Stop Around it. the House with Eric G.
0: Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about our Pro Insider special. This is where we talk about things in the residential building and design trades out there. And I have a special guest on the line, Janice Costa from the KB Designers Network. Welcome to Around the House. Thanks so much for having me here today. Thank you. This is great. You know, as a, kitchen, I'm a certified kitchen designer, I've been, geez, uh, I'm going to date myself coming up on 30 years of design. And now that I'm doing mostly media, I stay on top of stuff in the industry, but as a designer, it was one of the hardest things that I had to do dealing with clients in and out every single day and then trying to stay on top of the industry as a whole. And you've kind of come up with a way to to fix that for many designers out there.
2: Well, this has been a strange time for all of us. Normally, we have trade shows and industry networking events and association meetings where we really can go see products, talk to people, kind of be in the mix and know what's happening. And because of COVID, so much of that has been postponed or canceled. So I felt it was really critical to have an online networking resource where we could stay on top of products and trends and talk to other designers and just make those connections that aren't happening in real time. And that was the premise behind KB Designers Network.
0: I love it. And you founded this with experts. I mean, you have... Top shelf people that I saw names that gave me chills. As far as the people that you that you kind of got to help you with the advisory board.
2: Oh, I was the editor of Kitchen and Bath Design News for 26 years and change. So I started out goodness a very long time ago. I always say I started this industry when dinosaurs walked the earth. Same here. But I had this (laughs) great good fortune to work with some wonderful people. Um, Ellen Shaver was a mentor of mine. Oh, uh, rest it
0: was, in peace. I love her.
2: Uh, she was wonderful. It was her passing was was very sad. Um, Mary Jo Peterson is somebody I've been working with, uh, editing a column for her since the you know mid nineties. And then Carla Kringle, who has the the rep background, plus she comes from a third generation family of kitchen designers, so mm-hmm. there's a real background there. And then Leslie Hart, as you know, she was the editor of KBB. She worked at Meredith. She has the, the background in media. So I really wanted to call on people who'd worked in all aspects of the industry and help me figure out what would be the things that would be most important to our industry. And they have kind of inspired what I'm doing.
0: You know, Mary Jo Peterson, I took a class of hers probably 20, 25 years ago and Mm -hmm. it was just on universal design back before anybody was talking about it. And yeah, she was way ahead of the curve on that. Way ahead of the curve. I mean, she was decades ahead of the curve on that. And it was one of those classes that I walked out of spending a day with her going, oh, wow, okay, this was incredible. And it really opened up, to, it changed how I designed as a designer back then because there were so many things you could do to, you know, change to make things easier for people that didn't look like universal design where it looked like you were in a, in a hotel room that had handicap access.
2: Right. She's been an advocate, not just for design that works for everybody, but the design that looks and feels like good design that works for everybody. We always joke that nobody thinks they're old. Old is always 10 years older than you are. And that's true. Nobody says, well, I'm old now, so I'll settle for, you know, functional design. We still want beauty. We still want the aesthetics. We want something that, wows us, and that should be available regardless of your age or ability.
0: Yeah, and and it's funny. I think back now, I I helped my parents design their kind of final house for them here, oh, a decade ago. And we really had some big discussions. Like, we didn't put stairs up to the front of the house. It was a really nice walkway that you could roll in. Every doorway was 36 inches. And I have to credit, you know, Mary Jo for those thoughts because those are just common sense things that – that now my really? mom is uh, living on her own. If we hadn't have done those things back then, she would be in some kind of assisted living facility because she wouldn't be able to get around how she, as she does now. So all of these relationships and influences that I had, it is so great to see you grabbing the, grabbing the torch and helping others in the design field with this, with your program.
2: It has been really fun to work with these designers who have such a wealth of knowledge. And uh, one of the people who helped me, uh, Florence Perchuk, who was one of the first women designers in New York, and I remember idolizing her when I started out in the industry, and she just joined our network uh, last night. But she's been such a supporter of what I'm doing, and she understands people need connection and they need community, and they need to be able to get input from each other. I think any industry does better when there is that connection. And particularly, design is often made up of people with small businesses. They may work solo. They may work with two or three other people. So you can become very isolated, and the pandemic has intensified that. So here's a chance to bounce ideas, to have discussions, to attend online events, to learn about products. One of the cool things we're doing right now is we're setting up, we have a product directory, and that is being set up so that designers will be able to review products like they would on a consumer reports or a, a Yelp or something like that. But this will be professionals only. So you get to find out from other designers what products they love that worked for them or what didn't. And I think that's important too, because you put your reputation on the line when you specify a product.
0: No question. No question. And that, and that sense of community is so huge because every single designer out there hits that, That mental health moment where they're burned out. Maybe it's a tough client. Maybe it's a tough project. Maybe it's a tough manufacturer that's not getting materials at the job site as promised. Whatever it is, having someone to bounce ideas off of when you're, when you're backed into a corner or just exhausted, it's great to have that resource.
2: Yeah. I think you also get to crowdsource ideas, products. You know, we found with the kitchen show this year, because of the problems with the, tech, the technology behind the platform that it didn't really come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to know what happened at the show. What were the products being launched? And of course, many people never got to see them. So having that community design designers, you could sort of crowdsource. Well, what did you hear? Well, what did you see? What did you love? And through everybody else, you got to see more products and hear more trends than just what you might have gotten on that first day before the platform went down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was tough. and. As a member in the media, I was trying to figure out what the best new products were. And I had to scratch and dig and find because I couldn't, quote unquote, walk the booth, you know, and see what was out there and do that. So there was a lot of research that had to be done old school style to figure out, okay, what are the new products out there that are coming out this year for 2021? And uh, I'm looking forward to us being live again next year
2: oh, I can't wait. I love to see and touch the products, and I think that's important. But even next year, I think a lot of people will be hesitant to travel to European shows that they went to in the past. Mm -hmm. I think you're still going to see some repercussions from COVID that will last beyond this year, and that's part of what our network is doing. We have a European correspondent. We're going to make sure that we cover those European shows that people might not be able to get to, as well as shows that people may be just don't have the time to cover. Hopefully business will continue to boom. And sometimes when things are going great, there are smaller shows you'd like to attend, but you can't leave. You've got a project in the works. So we're going to be covering all of those shows and giving people a look at the products and uh, what trends are coming out of those shows, both here and abroad.
0: Yeah, even if you're even if you're just a designer that, and I shouldn't say just, but if you're an independent designer that goes to the shows every single year, like if you're going to Design and Construction Week, there is absolutely no way you have the ability in the time that's there physically to be able to visit every booth, see every product. You're trying to highlight and see what grabs your eye. So having that team around you is great to be able to network with because then you can get there after the first day and somebody goes, hey, did you see this over at that booth? Now that gives you that opportunity to go chase it down and find it where maybe you'd have walk right past it.
2: Absolutely. I think I walked 26,000 steps the first day of the last live event, and I still, at the end of the day, was saying, what did I miss? Because there's so much. And that's wonderful. It's one of the best things about our industry, that is there's so much as far as new products, as far as um, finishes, colors, functionality, and you're not going to see it all. So having a network of people to crowdsource those ideas and be able to have a professional team of people who work in this industry, to tell you what's new, what's exciting, what's going to be a game changer. I think that's really great.
0: It really is, you know, and, and I think being, you know, kind of one of the first to figure out and know what's coming on trend wise is so important because, you know, your clients come in, maybe they've been seeing stuff on anything from Pinterest to home and garden television or whatever else. And they've got an idea about doing something and They expect you to be the expert. They expect you to know more about them, about that product or that design feature. The second, you know, they walk in the door and ask you a question about it versus, oh, let me go look that up. The more you know in that instant meeting that happens, the better covered you are and the more they're going to kind of trust in your process.
2: Absolutely. Consumers are more educated today because they can look up so much online. There's television that highlights design products and features. They, It's not just reading magazines. It is, you know, we're saturated with home design information, and you can find almost anything online. So you have to bring more to the table. You have to be that expert that can tell them what's, what's new, what's coming out. You've got to inspire confidence. Are these products good? Certainly, if I buy one dishwasher every five years, I don't necessarily know what brands are the best brands. I want somebody who installs hundreds of them to tell me this is what my clients have been really happy with over the years, or this has, you know, a a new feature. This is, you know, the noise quotient is much lower or it takes much less time to do your dishes. I want to know all those benefits from somebody who truly knows them, not from what I'm reading on the sales copy.
0: Yeah. And things like noise right now are going to be, I think one of the hottest subjects moving forward you know, with health and wellness and the other stuff. I think noise in a home and controlling that is going to be, even moving forward when the kids are back in school and everything else, there's so many people that are going to be working from home. I think controlling noise is going to be another design element that is is high on the list like never before.
2: It's actually fascinating because I have always been somebody who'd like to have a quieter home when I work. I've been working home six or seven years now. And the sound bounce, you know, everybody likes these open layouts, but these open layouts mean if you have ventilation that's loud or a dishwasher that's loud or a washing machine that's in a, you know, in a room and on your main floor, that is really distracting, whether you're talking on the phone, doing a Zoom call, just trying to think. It is absolutely going to be more important than ever before, and I think you're going to see... Now that we can work remotely, now that kids can learn remotely, we're going to use that in some capacity. Maybe people go back to the office but work home a couple of days. Maybe kids go back to school, but instead of snow days, they do remote learning days. So I think we have to rethink our home for not just the place we go at the end of the day, but a place that we can function all day long with multiple family members with multiple priorities.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to change things a lot. I mean, think of uh, how it's going to change now. I, I see in the future, for uh, for us folks that live in the northern states, those snow days are going to be. Oh no, they're just going to be virtual days now. I think we're going to see that that snow day mm-hmm. not happening anymore because oh, we'll just uh, we'll just zoom in for class today.
2: Absolutely, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do if you had a meeting and the weather is bad and you don't want to travel, my father is a college professor. He is 84 years old and he teaches 45 minutes away. He, you know, he should have retired years ago, but he doesn't want to. He loves what he does. And my mom will sit there and say, oh, please don't drive in today. It's icy. It's rainy. You know, we're predicting a snowstorm. And he says, well, you know, I'll do that when I'm old. I keep saying, dad, you are old. (laughs) But, to be able to say, I'm going to work from home on those days. I'm going to, you know, uh, even my dad, who was 84, is doing a great job doing remote teaching and, you know, working a chat function. We we all are capable of doing this now. And I think that is a remarkable um, takeaway from all of this, that so much more can be done remotely. And that even if it's not a necessity as it was in the pandemic, that it's a convenience that will make it easier to work, to teach, to to have those meetings that might not happen due to weather or plane delays or other issues. So there's a lot of benefit in that.
0: Oh, there is. It's really big. It is. And it's, uh, that part is going to be, that's the new, I hate to use the word new normal cause I hate using that, but that is kind of our, our new baseline for moving forward is having those options now that we didn't have before. You know, let's talk a little bit about your KB designers network and, how people can get involved with that and really kind of what are the benefits that, that can help a designer and their team, you know, whether you're a kitchen and bath dealer, whether you're a design-build construction firm, how does this really help people in their day-to-day business?
2: Well, one of the first things I looked at as editor of Kitchen and Bath Design News for so many years, I used to say, every, every year I would do a survey and say, what matters to you? What do you guys want to read about? What do you care most about? And, of course, the number one thing was always new products. You just can't get enough new product information out there. And I realized that there was not enough information going out there. Um, as you know, print, unfortunately, has been struggling. Many of the magazines that exist are doing lower frequencies, but the pandemic and everything else. So I said, what if I could put together a monthly online magazine of all the products out there, not just the products that, you know, a a section, but an entire magazine full of products every month and showcase everything that's new and cool. And that's where I started. That was my main concept. So we have a monthly e-magazine with all of the new products that come out in the industry. We also do a specialty products newsletter, Fabulous Finds, that the things that you may not see, the things that aren't going to be at a kitchen show, but they're those unique pieces that are going to help you to personalize the space and give somebody that something special that might sell the the job for you. And then we also do show business, which will be products from different shows and trends from different shows here and abroad. So that was the product focus. Then we sat there and said, well, we need some educational events. We just finished one. We sat down with the editor of um, Better Homes and Gardens and Krista uh, Botti over at Novita Communications and Megan who who is a writer with some of the home magazines, and said, can you tell people how to go about getting their work published? How do they get their work out there? And we had a great panel discussion about the best ways designers can get their work in front of people. Because now more than ever, it's important to have your work published, whether it's online, whether it's getting on the podcast like this, whether it's in magazines. So we had a great chat about that. And we do a monthly event to educate people about anything from design to media to marketing, just to kind of keep people thinking and moving forward because, you know, things are changing fast these days. No kidding. Then we have discussion boards where people can chat with each other and the networking. I think that's really important to have a place where you can say, you know, I'm having problems with a difficult client and this is the situation. Have you been in that situation? What did you do? What What do you think, you know, would be helpful? And then we have individual articles on everything from promotion, uh, how to promote your, your business to uh, design resources, color trends, things that are happening all around but maybe you haven't had time to stay on top of. Nice. So, and we, I said, we have a product directory. So maybe you're looking at a a touchless faucet and you want to see what other touchless faucets are out there. Do I like this one? Let's see what the other choices are. And we segment the products by um, price point. That way you say, you know, this client wants more of a value-based or this is a client who really wants a premium product. Let's see what products in this particular category are available. So they can do a quick search for um, any product to that they're looking for, and they can search by type of product or by manufacturer name or by price point. And it gives people a chance to really see some of the cool stuff that's happening, to find things quickly. And we also do video interviews with some of the big-name experts in the field, so you can learn about technology or accessible design or social media. So we try to give a little bit of everything, a lot of resources and an opportunity to make those connections that will help people do their jobs better and find those products that will be valuable um, as time goes on. And then finally, as we move forward, I, you know, I was a big fan and I am a big fan of the association meetings of the, the local meetings, you know, yeah. you get a chance to network, but sometimes you want to talk about marketing. You don't necessarily want to talk with your competitors. You want to talk, <laughs> to, right? you know, people who are not in your area. So as we move forward, we will be setting up these brainstorming sessions where we will break people out in non-competing groups to talk in small groups and have these kind of video discussions about, you know, maybe we'll talk about marketing or a different topic each time. And you'll have the chance to meet with people outside of your competitive area where you can kind of bounce ideas and talk about things you might want to do and, and get some input without feeling like you're sharing it with the entire competitive market.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many design meetings I've been at with different organizations, and uh, I'm sitting there going, oh, that's a great marketing idea, that's awesome, and there's my four biggest competitors. I just heard the (laughs) same thing. (laughs) We're all racing to go see who can get started on this first, you know, as we go running out the door. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's so true. It's so true. It
2: it is, and I love... Uh, networking locally, I think it's great to meet designers in, in the community, but you still—they're still your competitors. So you still want to have some ways, sometimes, to talk about ideas without necessarily sharing them with everybody, because we're all trying to differentiate ourselves and we're all trying to constantly raise the bar and make ourselves better, make ourselves stand out. And I like the idea of being able to take those ideas and and you know, kind of speak to people. That can give you input without them being a uh, somebody that you're later going to be competing
0: with. Yeah, no question. I, I love it when our design, the designers in the community, are all getting along. It, it hasn't always been that way. You know, five to ten mm. years ago, here in the Northwest, we had knockdown drag amounts in the design community over interior design legislation, for instance. And oh yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. I mean, there were there were. There were meetings that were boycotted. There were manufacturers that were sponsoring one side's meetings that those designers wouldn't show up at anymore. And I'm so happy that that stuff's put to bed that that the industry can be more of a whole, which um, I'm really enjoying now. And, and I was just thinking about that the other day when a, a Facebook memory popped up on one of my Facebook things where I was going to testify at a legislator. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm happy those days are are not what they used to be, and and I think it's really important for our industry for for everybody to kind of stick together and help each other out. It is. One of the
2: things when I started, I started asking my advisory board and then members, some of the more experienced members of our community, and I said, you know, would you guys be willing to do some volunteer mentoring? Because ultimately I'd like to be able to bring some design students into our community. But we also have designers who are relatively new or early in their career. And I was amazed by how many people volunteered and said, I would love to be a mentor. I would love to pass on what I've learned and help, because that's how you build the industry. And that was really heartwarming to me, that people are at the point where they want, you know, they've reached success in their career, and instead of saying, how much more can I make, they started to say, how can I give back? How can I encourage others? So. Um, I love being able to offer mentoring as part of our community, and I love that so many designers have jumped on board with the idea of helping others that way.
0: Well, that's how we all got started at some point. There was somebody that, whether we went to college and got out and tried to take that and apply it in the real world, or we just learned it the old-school-fashioned old, old school fashioned way with with hard work and, and skill and, and, and learning from others, mm-hmm. uh, we all had to, to gain that knowledge from somebody putting their arm around you saying, all right, kid, I'm going to help you get there. And it's nice to be that person.
2: Absolutely. I think it's really valuable to you as well as someone else when you share that knowledge. It solidifies it for you, it builds those relationships, it helps forge the the bridge between the past, present, and future. And I think, you know, this industry, Ellen Cheever used to say this to me all the time. She used to say there's never an opportunity not, where you can't learn. And she would go and give these amazing talks. And you'd listen to her and she knew just everything. What a brilliant woman. And she would come out of these things saying, I learned so much today. And I would find that remarkable because we love that you know everything. And she goes, no, I never teach one of these without learning something. I listen to what people ask. I listen to people, what people want to know. And I learn from them just as they learn from me. And that is a wonderful attitude to take that you don't Stop learning when you reach a certain point. You just learn different things.
0: It was probably 10 years ago I I gave her a ride to the airport because I was a board member of the NKBA at the time of our local chapter, and I gave her a ride to the airport. And I learned more in that ride to the airport talking kitchen and bath design than I did probably in many years of other seminars, just having that open discussion. And she was such a gift to the industry and you're right, her knowledge, every time, I could have seen her talk this subject seven times, but every time I would go see it, I took away something completely new, because it wasn't just a, a canned presentation, it was an open discussion.
2: Yes, Carla used to tell me this, and the first time Carla mentioned it, I laughed, because I could picture Ellen saying it, that Anytime you asked a question, Carla had gone to one of Ellen's seminars, when she was early in her career, and she asked a question, and she said, you know, I realized later it was a really kind of beginner's question, and I was a little embarrassed, and Ellen's first reaction was, that's a wonderful question. Thank you for asking that question.
0: <laughs> and oh, that I hear Ellen's... that. I hear that. In... Oh, that's creepy, weird. I hear that. That's wild. <laughs> yes.
2: Just that I just give me chills. I'm like, <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> geez. <laughs>
2: She always made you feel good about asking questions, and her feeling was it was a good question because you wanted to learn, and she was going to help you get to that next level. It, you would never, your question was never too beginner for her. She loved the opportunity to teach and to learn, and by listening to people, she learned too. And I, you know, she was just a wonderful. For me, she was a wonderful role model and somebody I, you know, admired to the heavens and was very appreciative to be able to call a friend. And I want to make sure that i keep that that you're never too old you're never too experienced to learn from people and that there should always be a give and take in those interactions
0: yeah as she was starting to retire i watched her kind of on her last i you know i went and saw her again on her last kind of her last speaking tour that she did when she came Mm -hmm. back into the northwest again and you could tell she just had this drive to give out more information kind of one last time to our group, you know, it was her last time going around speaking and she just wanted to get that information out and help people. And that's so rare. And there's so many great people in our industry, but to have that level of knowledge and that ease of conversation with every level designer, uh, was a massive it's just a massive gift.
2: Absolutely. She was one of, um, you know, she really was queen of the industry, but she knew it for a million years. She always had time to share it. She was never too busy to stop and answer a question. And I was really glad that she got to donate her, um, the bulk of her work to the library before she passed, because it was something that put all of her information in one spot that people can go and enjoy it.
0: That's going to be great. That's going to be great. I mean, that's, and that's part of this, you know, as we see one generation kind of go in and a new ones come in, being able to, to pass that off and, and even use your organization to be able to learn from that is is so key because, you know, people like you, like myself, other people out there in the industry have, have seen so much and dealt with so much. It takes – you just don't go take a, a, a community college – design class and get out knowing everything. I don't care what school you went to. It takes years to get a really good solid footing to really understand the direction of all the thousands of things that can go wrong on a project. <laughs> and, and oh, true. trying to, trying to stop those little damn leaks. You only have 10 fingers and that knowledge sure helps you in the long run and makes you a much better designer.
2: I agree. I think There's a certain amount you can learn in school and sessions, but so much of it is hands-on and so much of it is you learn by what, I would say you learn much more by what goes wrong than about what goes right. So (laughs) you kind of need some of those mini disasters to figure out what to do going forward. You, you You need that client who's so difficult to help you figure out how to manage the relationship from early on to avoid that situation or how to make sure that you pick a client and that you make sure there's a good fit from the beginning and with installation you know we all know things can go wrong and we have nothing may have nothing to do with it but we still need to be able to address that with a client who was counting on having that kitchen ready for Thanksgiving or um you know they had expectations that weren't met and how are you going to manage that situation how are you going to solve a problem when you know you get the, the cabinets and the, the it's the wrong door color it's the wrong door <laughs> style you know it, it, that happens in real life. We it all have a fantasy of how it's going to go, but of course, you know, life does not fit the meet the fantasy.
0: Oh man! I mean, and that's the thing. There's that there's that little warning light that goes off in your head as an de- experienced designer that goes, "Oh, I'm never doing that again," and and you know <laughs> that that burns you. And and there's so many things that can be learned, even from the the manufacturers learning from designers as well. Uh, there was a cabinet company years ago that had stain colors that were called light and dark. <laughs> and I tell you what, when you have light that's not your lightest color and dark that's not your darkest color, you get into that who's on first, what's on second routine because no, I wanted the dark color. Well, that's black. Well, that's the dark color, right? No, that's dark. And <laughs> you know, it was there was things like that that would happen that I'm just like, I can't your contract says dark. Yeah, but that's not the darkest color. Oh no, you know, and so those are things that, that change how you do business, but you kind of have to get burned on those for you to realize that those are even issues.
2: I don't think anyone in any career is going to have a seamless experience all the time. And it really comes down to, can you take away lessons that make you better at it later on? And you can't possibly make every mistake, although I have had a few times when I've tried. Oh yeah, we all have. (laughs) learning from other people's mistakes, learning from their success stories, I think that makes you better as a designer. It makes you better as a professional. And that is part of why you want to network and not just stay in an insular community, but to meet people in the design world, to meet people in different aspects of the design world. You learn more if you understand everyone's role in the process. So being able to connect not just with other designers, but with builders, but with um, reps. But with manufacturers, help to create a scenario where you really can see the big picture, and you're in a better position to problem solve.
0: No question. My I've always taught designers that worked for me, that I've worked with, uh, that to have the best relationship with that contractor, you need to be their easy button. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, you can have a client. For I had some. I had some contractors that bought every kitchen for me that they ever did for 15 years and still call me up today, even though that I have closed my kitchen to bath showroom to do media, they still call up and go, are you sure you don't want to get back to do this again? And I just don't have the time to, to go down that road. But, uh, I, I get that call still, you know, a couple times a year from friends of mine that I've worked with all that go, really, you should get back into this. And, uh, yeah, I'm having fun. I've done my time, but at the same point, You know, I I love helping designers learn from the mistakes I made along the way.
2: That's what's so great with a program like this that you get to spotlight so many different people doing different aspects of design, of installation, of um, what consumers want and need. And I think you bring all the pieces together, and that's really valuable for the design community and for consumers.
0: No question. So how do people find you?
2: You can find us on our website. It is kbdesignersnetwork.com and we've got lots of information there we have some videos so you can kind of get a sense of what we're all about and we even have a copy of a sample copy of our product magazine so you can see the type of products coverage that you would be getting as a member
0: thank you so much that's going to be so awesome i'm gonna to have to go over and check it out even more as a designer because uh man what a great resource for the community Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on today. Janice Costa with the KB Designers Network. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Around the House with Eric G. Is produced by, designed by Eric G. In association with Salem Media. And distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an ax. Thanks for listening to Around the House.